Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. Well, amen. Amen. Let us pray. So, Lord, we just pray for your wisdom, your insight, your guidance to be with us. Lord, that we may learn more about your goodness as we talk about putting on the shoes for the readiness of the gospel of peace. So watch over us and teach us this day and every day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we, as we get going today, I do, one of the things we realize that being live on YouTube allows us to do is to pause the TV um, and so, or pause the video and it, you can just come back right where you were, just like you would on a normal TV. So we'd love it if you, uh, if you find something that you want to discuss with your family, just pause it, talk about it as a small group in your family, um, and then you can press play and just pick it up. I know that sometimes there are some things that um, they may spark in the moment, and we'd love for you to capture that moment as a family and be able to do it. So we encourage you to pause it um, if you find that right moment um, and have that conversation, and then jump back here with the, the rest of the sermon as well. Relentless. That's what I, I thought whenever I was, when our family went to Galveston, and we were looking over our little balcony a couple of years ago, and we just saw the waves coming, wave after wave after wave after wave, that this, the relentlessness of the ocean is there. It never stops. It keeps going. Sometimes it may have a higher tide. Sometimes it may have a lower tide, but there was just this power and this intensity that came from the ocean. And, and really, water has this immense power, doesn't it? That, that as the larger, especially the body of water gets, the more powerful that it gets. It doesn't seem like anything can stop the ocean. It doesn't seem like anything can, can manage this. Now, in, in the Bible times, the, the ocean and, and the sea particularly, they were a symbol of chaos, um, because the, the way that the waves were going and everything else like that, that it was a symbol of, of the chaos that was, that was going on. And so if they wanted to talk about something being chaotic, then they would talk about the sea. I think back at Genesis 1, in our, the beginning of our story, um, it talks about how the earth was formless and void and, the, and there was chaos, all right? Even one of the great miracles that we found in, in Exodus, the splitting of the Red Sea, think about that, that they walked across this chaotic Land, And so the sea represented chaos because it could not be controlled. Now, I was looking up, I was looking up uh, on the, online, what does the word chaos mean? And I love the definition of it. It said utter confusion. Utter confusion. And so the sea, for, for those um, 2,000 years ago, represented utter confusion. And do you know what I think represents utter confusion for us today? It's this coronavirus, right? That whenever we, we see this or we hear about it, think about all the things that this little virus has thrown into utter confusion from things like when is the NBA season going to start back up again to do I wear a mask when I go out to what happens next? What do we do a week from now about church? And, and it seems like that just in every area, 
there has been confusion about what does life look like. And so this little coronavirus has has created a world of chaos, a world of utter confusion on every single level, not just here in the United States, but worldwide. How do we work together to do this? What do governments do at the local level, the state level, the national level, at the international level? All the, the businesses, and it's come into our homes. How do I homeschool my children? What do I do for activities? How, how much do I go ask out? Who do I risk in my circle? How do I engage people again? If there's this, this sort of utter confusion that has come across this land. And one of the things that, that we believe is that the enemy thrives on confusion. It thrives on chaos. It thrives whenever we can't sort of make a way. When we do not have a plan or a way to move forward, that is one of the ways in which the enemy thrives in our world. And what happens is, is that we panic. What happens is, is that, is that we are just really struggling here and we don't know which way is which. And, and really there's this sort of, the, the sea um, is a great illustration for that. Now I've never been lost at sea or anything like that, but I can imagine that whenever you, you get in the water and you're trying to, to find a way to swim, you don't know what north is, you don't know what south is. You, you're just hoping to keep your head above water and not drown. And so really the sea is this great image of utter confusion and chaos. Now what, there's a story in, in Mark chapter 4. And it's this great story of, of Jesus in the midst of this chaos that the disciples found themselves in. And so this is Mark 4, 35 through 41. And remember, these are people who are used to being out on the sea. There's fishermen. This was a normal thing for them to be out on the sea. So think about like, it's not like me going out on the boat and a little bit of waves thinking, oh my goodness, I better hold on. These are people who knew exactly what they were doing when all this happened. So this is Mark 4, 35 through 41. On that day, When evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who, is, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, now think about this. Again, it, these, are, these are fishermen and other people who are used to being out on the sea. And so they go out on this boat and, and Jesus is asleep. But the wind comes and, and it starts rocking the boat and, and the storm is just coming down. I mean, can you kind of imagine this scene? And I don't know like how Jesus was sleeping through all this, but apparently he was. And, and it got so bad that, that they were terrified. And so they, they go to Jesus and they said, teacher... Do you not care that we are perishing? Isn't that the question we want to ask now of Jesus? Like, Jesus, like, I think we're close to 80,000 people have died in the United States alone. Do you not care that we are perishing? And so Jesus wakes up, says he rebukes 
the wind, and he says to the sea, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, everything was calm. From this ferocious storm to this eerie stillness. And then the disciples were more afraid. Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? But this is what they were saying. They were filled with great fear. And they said one to another, who then is this that the wind and the sea obey him? Because again, remember, for the disciples, the sea was a symbol of chaos. It was the symbol that, that there was there was struggle and there was panic, all right? There was something that was uncontrollable. That was the sea. And then all of a sudden, they see Jesus just wake up, first thing out of bed, and say, peace be still, and everything calms. And they were terrified of the power that Jesus has. Now, one of the interesting things is how people use their power, right? Because sometimes people use their power for their own purposes, but here, Jesus uses his power for peace. He uses his power over the wind and the sea to speak peace to it. Peace, be still. In fact, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And, and I would think that the, the antonym of chaos is peace. Of utter confusion is complete wholeness. And this is who Jesus is, and this is what Jesus brings is that he is the prince of peace. And so everywhere that he went, peace broke out. Wholeness broke out. Broken things became whole. Sick people became healed. Raging storms became peaceful evenings. And this is who Jesus is. Is into the utter confusion of our life and of our hearts and of our world, he can bring peace. This is one of the things that he said to the disciples in John 14. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so what Jesus wants to give us is his peace. Is, is, is his ability to sleep during a storm because he knows that there is something more powerful than the storm. To rest, even when there's chaos around them, and the ability to be able to speak to storms and to say, peace, be still. This is what Jesus wants to give us. All right? But not all of us want to take it. But, but we have to make a choice to choose peace. We have to choose to put on the peace that God gives to us. And that's what it says here in our scripture. It talks about putting on the armor of God, right? And so we talked a few weeks ago about putting on the, the belt of truth and then talks about the breastplate of righteousness. And then in verse 15, it says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We have to put them on, just as you put shoes on. Well, maybe you haven't put shoes on this morning, all right? Um, I put shoes on this morning, but, but you, well, some of you may not have, and that's perfectly okay, all right? Um, but, but putting shoes on is an important part of us going out into a chaotic world. Now, um, I had uh, an uncle um, who apparently would just go out without shoes on all the time, but I can't do that. Like, I am a shoe guy, all right? 
So like if I go outside, I've got to wear shoes. Um, in fact, I think there's a lot of us, and, and shoes are, are such a big market these days, right? Like there's all kinds of shoes, right? So you have shoes that you wear because they look good. You have shoes that you wear because they feel good. You have shoes that you go to work in. You have shoes that you play sports in, right? Um, and so I've been watching this Last Dance documentary, and, and they talked about um, Michael Jordan and the Air Jordans, right? And so one of the things that talked about was his last game in Madison Square Garden as a Chicago Bull. He wore his original um, Air Jordan 1s. Now, when those came out in 1984, 85, they were the top of the line shoe that had all the best technology. But 13 years later, in 1998, they didn't quite have the same comfort nor the same protection. And so Jordan talked about how when he played, he was so excited to kind of wear these retro shoes and he played really well, but he said his feet were killing him because they weren't doing what shoes normally do and protecting him the way that he was used to his shoes protecting him. And so shoes, we understand, are really important and, and, and they're important for multiple reasons because whenever we put the right shoes on, then it really helps us. So what do, what, why do we wear shoes? All right, not just because some of them look cool, all right, but, but we wear them for a few different reasons, right? And, and we can think about what this means for us as how we can become people of peace in the world. How do we become people of peace when we go out into the world, all right? Is the first thing that, that shoes do and that peace does is it protects our feet. It protects our, our feet from um, germs that are out there that, that might cause diseases or other sort of things for our feet. It also protects them from from rocks and, and other sort of jagged edges. And think especially um, back then, 2,000 years ago, um, they didn't have these nice sidewalks like we do now. Um, it would have been pathways with rocks and other things that, that shoes would have really protected the feet. And so it protects your feet from injury. And I really think that's part of what being a person of peace is about. Whenever we put on peace and we begin to walk, there are things that could harm us. But whenever we have our peace in Christ, instead of looking for the pain of this world, these things will just walk past, we will walk past them and may not even realize them. Because these shoes, this peace, will protect us. I think about sometimes, I know if I'm on edge, little things bother me. Little cuts get under my skin. But whenever I've, I'm at peace, Whenever I've spent some time with God and just know the wholeness that comes from him, these little things don't have the same effect anymore. Now, one of the other things that, that shoes do is they stabilize you. And so that if there is something that, for whatever reason, you need to get a better grip on things, you can wear the shoes and they'll, they'll help you to remain a firm footing. All right, while you, especially if your feet got wet or something, you might slip without them. The good pair of shoes can help to stabilize you whenever there's an unstable environment. And, and that's really the truth for our life, right? Is that we need peace to be able to stabilize us. All right, that whenever we go out, and especially when we go out into a world that's hurting or that's painful or that's dark, and it's not a smooth journey, but it's up and down and it's all around, we need the stabilization that shoes can provide for us. Also, it says that it corrects some misalignments that we may have, all right? That sometimes just standing naturally on our feet, we might be a little misaligned or we may not be as comfortable. 
I know that some of you have these insoles that you put in your shoes that really help you to stand up straight or or stand right or whatever the case may be, that the right pair of shoes can correct misalignments that we may have. And isn't that the way that peace works, right? Is that all of us have some things that are just a little bit off, that, that even standing up straight may even cause some of us pain naturally. But if we wear the right pair of shoes, it can ease that burden. And it can correct even some misalignments we have in our heart. It can correct some of the misalignments we have in our lives and our relationships. And so the right pair of shoes can really help us. And the other thing that shoes do is they maximize our natural abilities. All right, I think about um, track runners, right, or basketball players or these different athletes that, that one of the reasons why we're able to run faster now than ever before or jump higher now than ever before is it's got to be the shoes, is that our technology has increased to a level that the right pair of shoes tailored to the right person can maximize our abilities. And so, so God can take who he created us to be and get the most out of us whenever we're, our shoes are fitted with the gospel of peace. And we're able to go and tell his good news in the most effective way whenever we are wearing these shoes of peace. I don't know about you, but, but I would choose a peaceful environment over a chaotic one every day of the week. Now, that there's because there is so much chaos, and especially now in our world today, there's so much utter confusion. But what we need to be is to be people of peace. Because one of the things that we can remember, and I want you to remember this, is that every time you put on your shoes, when you're tying them up or slipping them on, Velcroing them, however you do your shoes, I want you to remember that God is giving you his peace. Every time you, you put your shoes on, remember, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. That this is one of the gifts that God has given us. And that they can even be a reminder that as we go out into the world, as we walk and as we, we move, that we have God's peace available to us. And that is a promise that we can hold on to. I think about this scripture from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That this peace, though it's at the bottom we put it on at the bottom, it rises up to our hearts and our minds, and it passes all understanding. You know, one of the things that, um, as, a, as a pastor, I've journeyed with people who've, who've gone through some very difficult things, and, and sometimes they, they will just describe it as simple as, I just felt a peace. I just had a peace about things. It passes all understanding. It doesn't match up to the outward circumstances, but God provides something internal from the bottom of our souls to our souls, that he loves us and he is with us. And that we are not alone. And even though there's chaos around us, we can still have peace because we know what, who God is and what God does. See, I don't know what, what you're going through today. I know that a lot of us are going through this stuff as it relates to the coronavirus and trying to make decisions. But I would imagine for some of you, there's some, there's some chaos that's going on around you. There's some confusion about, about what do I do and who am I? 
And what am I supposed to be or do? And so in the midst of this chaos, how do I know who to trust or what to trust? And this is where you gotta put on your shoes. And you have to say, Lord, I can't rely on my peace. I certainly can't rely on the world to give me peace. So from the bottom of my souls, would you give my soul peace? And can I walk in that? That is who you are. The way maker, the miracle worker. And so we have to come and trust him. In just a little bit, we're going to be singing this song, Oh, Come to the Altar. And part of what I imagine with this is that it is a step of faith. It is a journey of faith. And so what I'm going to invite you to do during this song, and if you have to pause it for just a second, you can do that. But as we sing this song, I invite you to put your shoes on. And as you put your shoes on, I want you to say, Lord, be my peace. And I want you to remember this week particularly that every time you put your shoes on, that God's peace is available to you. And so no longer is it just throwing some shoes on, but it's putting on God's peace. Let us pray. Lord, there's utter confusion going on. There's chaos. For some, it's in our homes. For all of us, it's in our country, it's in our world. For some, it's in our hearts. And, and we know that the enemy thrives in chaos, but you provide peace. And so, Lord, as we go to get our shoes and as we put them on, may we remember that every time we're wearing shoes, may it become a prayer habit for us to, Lord, Give me your peace. As I go out into a world today, I need your peace. Because it's easy to get trapped in chaos. It's easy to get lost in the fighting and the distractions, the anger, the pain, the disappointment, the struggles in this world. But Lord, you give peace. And so Lord, we pray that as your people in this moment, as we put our shoes on our souls, that you would be at peace in our souls. And that we would know your love and your goodness for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.